Hi, my name is Michael Lefebvre. Welcome to my podcast, The Bible is Beautiful. This is the final episode in my series on the book of Jonah. In the previous episode, we finished the book's final scene. But as I explained in the introductory episode, the book is shaped around a song in its center. The book has two stories, Jonah at sea in chapters 1 and 2, and Jonah in the desert in chapters 3 and 4. Along the seam in the middle of the two, the book contains a song, the Song of Jonah. That poem in the center distills this book's theology into a confession for us to recite as our own. I want to focus on that song as we complete this podcast series. We don't know who wrote the book of Jonah. There is no author named in it, and there's nothing to suggest that Jonah wrote it himself. Someone else, it seems, wrote down the story of Jonah for us. But we don't know who that was. There is one place in the book, however, where we do hear Jonah himself. It is in that song at its center. That poem in the center is all that is preserved of the prophet's own testimony. And it is a beautiful testimony of a man who came to love the compassion of God. It is here that the prophet leads us to share in his discovery of God's great love that transforms us into apostles of that love to others. Let me read the song found in Jonah chapter 2, verses 2 through 9. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. This poem, or this song, rehearses Jonah's experience of God's mercy as he was drowning under the waters of his own judgment. Like all good art, this poem is designed to draw us vicariously into his experience with him. It is not just telling us that God saves. That's what the story does. The story tells us that God saves. But a song invites us to participate in the poet's experience with him by putting our own self into the I and me in these lines as we recite them. Let me walk you through the song in six stanzas. The first stanza introduces the song's theme. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. 
There's no mention of the fish anywhere in this song. The fish was not the focus of Jonah's experience. Death was the focus of his experience. He sank into the realm of the dead, Sheol in Hebrew. Yet even as he fell to the belly of Sheol, when he cried out to the Lord, God heard him. That first stanza captures the theme of the song. God is compassionate to save even from death those who cry to him. The second stanza begins the narration of Jonah's experience. This stanza captures the moment Jonah was cast overboard and broke the surface of the waters. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. As we enter into these lines, can you feel the cold water around you? And as your robes become waterlogged and pull you down, the waves close one last time over your head. But notice who it was who cast Jonah into the sea. Jonah does not blame the sailors. No, he confesses to God, you cast me into the deep. Jonah knew his guilt. He was under heaven's judgment. So as the waters closed around him, Jonah began to pray. The third stanza captures Jonah's prayer for mercy as he sank. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. There's a beautiful stubbornness in these lines. Notice the play on terms of eyesight in this stanza. Jonah has been driven away from God's sight. Yet even though he has been driven away from God, Jonah determines to look again, even in this dying moment, back to God. Even though it seems too late, I will yet again look to your temple. Thrashing about as he sank, Jonah could not literally see anything, let alone know which way was east to face the temple. The Hebrews traditionally prayed by facing toward the temple, even from far away. That practice is expressed in this stanza. Jonah could not literally look again toward the temple from under the waves, but in his heart, the prodigal who had fled from the presence of God now repents and turns his eyes again toward his temple. The fourth stanza continues Jonah's experience as he sank down to the belly of Sheol, the place of the dead. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. These lines vividly describe Jonah's approach to the seafloor, where he found himself entangled in kelp, like the ropes and bars of Sheol. The Mediterranean Sea reaches depths of up to 17,000 feet, with an average depth of nearly 5,000 feet. However, the Phoenician ships rarely ventured out into the center of the sea. Navigational practices were rudimentary in those days, so ships generally sailed along the coasts, keeping in sight of shore. When Jonah was thrown overboard, it would likely have been in shallower waters along the coastline, where the waters may have been 100 to 300 feet deep. At those depths, sea kelp still gets enough sunlight to grow, extending upward 20 to 30 feet from the sea floor. 
Jonah's song suggests that he remained conscious long enough to sink into those weeds, which he poetically likens to the bars of death closing forever over him. Jonah's bitter anger against the Ninevites had brought him to judgment. He had been so consumed with anger at the wickedness of the Ninevites, he grew blind to the evil festering in his own heart. And now it is Jonah, not the Ninevites, but Jonah whom God called to account. Nevertheless, Jonah's appeals to God while sinking to his watery death were heard. The fifth stanza recounts God's mercy. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. The song is written in the past tense. Jonah was not reciting these exact words while sinking. He wrote this poetry after the fact. But it captures the experience, and in retrospect, Jonah recalls that his dying thoughts when his life was fainting away were thoughts of the Lord in his temple. But more importantly, his deliverance caused him to realize that God had been thinking about him. God had heard his cries. The Lord's thoughts were upon Jonah, and God brought him up from the pit. The song ends with this cry of praise. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. The Phoenician sailors had initially cried out to their other gods, hoping in their idols for help. But none of those gods took thought. Those who hope in empty idols have no ground for hope. But Jonah bears witness that his God, the true God, does hear our cries, and he saves. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah's discovery is the discovery of his own wickedness and God's great compassion toward him. That is the theological engine that produces the kind of transformation this book is about. We can never learn to abandon our anger and to love our enemies the way God called Jonah to do until we reckon with our own evil before God and our experience of His grace toward us. Jonah learned this transforming wonder at God's love. By putting his testimony into this song, Jonah invites us to vicariously participate in his experience. As we recite this poem or sing it as a song, we are supposed to fill it with an awareness of our own delight in God's compassion. For it is that discovery that will transform us to love our enemies the way God does. The book of Jonah is a comedy, but it is a comedy with a serious message. Any medicine goes down better with a spoonful of sugar, so it's not surprising that this book's heavy dose of conviction is served up through a story of surprising role reversals, ironic plot twists, and a main character whose behavior is so ridiculous, his folly opens our heart with laughter. In this comedy, we have seen the folly of Jonah's anger, and we have seen the beauty of God's love. 
In this comedy, we have been shown how to pray like those who truly believe in the compassion of God, and how to repent like those who know that we need God's mercy. And in this comedy, we have been challenged to abandon our Jonah-like anger in order to participate in God's love for our enemies. There's so much anger and bitterness in our world today. Don't get sucked into it yourself. Whenever you do start to feel anger rising in your heart, reflect on the story of Jonah. Recite his song in prayer. Use this book as a tool to renew your own awareness of God's love for his enemies. And let Jonah's testimony teach you to love the Ninevites of your world. Love your enemies.